mean, one time my dad got me a card. I never, ever let him live this down. That said, to a wonderful son on his day of confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm Maggie. I'm Pam. And I'm Laura. And you're listening to the Capsule Kitchen Podcast from Planetarian Life. Each week, we meet here to talk about our passion for food and our concerns for the earth and discuss how we can align our hopes for the future while eating well effortlessly. So let me let me just kick it off by starting to talk about um, our our tradition going back about ten years now of giftless holidays, and we we started this you know before Andy and I had kids, there was no there were no grandchildren, and it it just became very stressful. And I I remember the year that it was just it it to me kind of jumped the shark. You know here I was you know twenty five or. 27 years old and you know Sharon's two years younger than me there's two adult daughters and I remember you having a list where you were adding up the cost of each thing that you had bought for me and Sharon and you're like well I have to buy her one more thing to make it even with you and I thought ah this is just crazy this is this is crazy the amount of money that you were spending, the amount of mental space this was taking up for you, this idea that you had to buy her one more thing to make it equal between us. I was like, I am a fully grown adult, you know, and here my mom is turning herself into a pretzel when really, I mean, who doesn't like to open a gift, but just this idea that that's what this was all about when in reality, all I, all I was excited for was come and gather and make our food and do our traditions and enjoy each other's company. And I, I think that was the year for all of us that we just thought this is, this is really crazy. Um, and some of those gifts that you gave me, I remember you gave me a blue Le Creuset that year, which I still have um, and love and have used every day since. So I'm not saying there's no place for gifts or that all gifts are pointless or end up in a landfill or, Regifted to somebody else or are useless, but I think we could all do with a lot less less physical gift giving, and and even and I and I remember actually also then we then we moved on to just doing stockings. We thought, well, let's just do stocking stuffers for each other. We want the same thing. Trying to find stocking stuffers for my brother-in-law, finding stocking stuffers for you for that. It was just it, it was again just it was a stress. And it was just stuff. And and so we decided about 10 years ago to to just stop giving each other gifts. I remember there was a I remember there was a little bit of a pushback the year that we suggested it. In fact, I think it was a year that David and I were feeling a little pinched ourselves, a little financially stressed, and we mm-hmm. were like, we think uh we think we should try this, and I remember the reaction was a, was one of surprise, and um, not to say that people weren't open to it, but it it is a big shift. It's like if you don't have all that stuff, all those presents to run around looking for and stress out about, and all that wrapping and all of 
like, what do you do on Christmas morning if there are no presents to open? Yes, it's think, so ingrained yeah. in the holiday. Yeah, yeah. But, Maggie, you can continue to tell the happy ending to that story, if you like. Well, interestingly, I just kind of remember it completely with rose-tinted glasses, I guess, because it's been such a positive, had such a positive impact on our on our holidays. But we we decided we all agreed that we wouldn't we wouldn't do gifts and and it's it's been the best decision for the holidays that we have ever made but obviously now you know starting six six and a half seven years ago um we had a grandchild in the family now we have i have two children and you want to make the holidays special for them and i think as a parent the inclination is like you want your child to run down the stairs in the morning and just be overwhelmed with the number of presents and you know there there being a correlation somehow to like the better you've been the more presents you get or this is some confirmation that you're a good child and that you get lots of presents and anything that your little heart desires and and you know well, it all starts with that song you know you better watch out you better not cry, right that that's definitely the intro mom singing singing that <laughs> But, you know, it is. We we start threatening our kids in the fall. Like, if you don't straighten up, Santa's not going to bring you any presents. Right? There's a lot of bargaining power in that, honestly. But um, Yeah, I think a lot of parents, like, rely heavily on that, actually. A lot of parents named Maggie Key. (laughs) But really, it's like, some parents, it's like, that's, that's how they get their kids in line the entire holiday season. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um... So I, so there is that correlation between, you know, goodness and number of presents and, and I myself, you know, want my kids to feel in all seasons, you know, lavished upon and cared for and that they want for nothing and all of that. But I realized last year and we're not, you know, given our, where we are as a family with presents, we're not one of the, we're not a family that buys, you know, the dozens and dozens of presents, but even maybe Dash and Nova each had, you know, eight or 10 gifts from Santa. But then there's also the presents from the grandparents on both sides and from aunts and uncles. And, you know, we ourselves want to give gifts to our kid, you know, so it really does add up a lot. And what I realized was that Dash, my then five-year-old, was completely overwhelmed by the number of presents. And, there were one or two things that I feel like he didn't, they just weren't, they weren't, they weren't the right thing or they weren't appropriate for him or right for him at that time. And he didn't really play with them. And then they, I gave them to someone else or gave them to Goodwill. And I don't know, they just didn't feel good. And so um, I actually saw this Facebook post um, from, from a guy called Becoming Minimalist uh, about, two or three months ago. And it was about, you know, this holiday season, think about giving like clutter free gifts. And obviously his site is about minimalism and, you know, planetarian life is really more a focus on, on the environment and the earth. But the idea that you could have gifts of experiences and time that aren't physical things because every, every gift we get is a resource 
on this earth. And if it's not really wanted or needed, which half the time, I mean, I can't tell you the number of, you know, scented candles I've opened and, you know, it just jewelry or just things that were fine enough, but nothing that I needed. Um, and I was so grateful for the sentiment and who doesn't love a beautifully wrapped gift to open and the excitement of what's inside. But I really took to this idea of what if of gifts of experience. And so a few weeks ago, um, sort of unrelated, we took our son to a uh, go-karting track and it was, it was truly just the best few hours that we've had in the last few months with him. He was so excited for this experience and we all went together as a family and we cheered him on and we encouraged him. And there was a moment when he got a little bit nervous. He wasn't sure if he could do it. He was almost a little bit too short, almost like a half an inch too short to do it. And I think that made him feel nervous, but they gave him a booster and he overcame that fear. And we were just shouting and cheering and he didn't win, but he thought he won. And that feeling of him thinking that he won and what confidence that gave him and just to help him pursue his passion for cars and driving, which he's always had. So I took that opportunity, that moment in the afterglow of that experience in the car to say to him, Dash, what if this Christmas, instead of all of us giving you presents, I mean, Santa will still come. We can't do anything about that. But what <laughs> can't if Can't stop him out? from coming. <laughs> Try though we might to get rid of Santa. <laughs> What if we instead, Nana and Papa and me and Daddy and your aunts and uncles and grand, all your grandparents, what if what if we gifted you experiences like movie tickets or concert tickets or, you know, um, a lunch out together, just time shared? And I really thought that he would he would need to come around to that idea because my child is not unlike any other human child. He absolutely loves presents, but he was an emphatic and enthusiastic yes. And so we're going to try that this year and see how it is. Um, but I just, I think where the place that I've come to is, is that I would much rather have the gift of someone's time or a shared experience or a moment to myself. You know, some of the things on the list are like a massage or somebody offering to babysit your kids. I mean, those are things that really mean something to me um, in a way that a, that a physical present d doesn't quite, it's like, so it just shows that someone really knows you and knows what you love um, it, it, in the same way that a gift does as well. Um, I remember when I was uh, a little kid, it's been a long time, of course, but I do remember sort of the gift fatigue by the end of uh, end of the gift opening. Because um, I was an only child, so I got all the presents. And then my mother had, you know, four brothers, five brothers and four sisters. She was one of 10 children. And of course, I got gifts from all of them. And I was the youngest cousin, so my cousins gave me gifts too. And I do remember just kind of being exhausted from all of it and not really that I understand that feeling of being overwhelmed as a child. Like this is just too much. So yeah, that's, that was our experience with, you know, my kids both have their birthdays in November 
and mm. and last year I was having to take presents out of their hands while they cried and be like, no, 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 it's okay. You're gonna. This is yours. It's yours. But you need to keep opening because they were like, it, it took an hour to open all their presents at their birthday. Once you start, mm. you know, everyone wants to. Everyone wants to watch the kid open the present they got them because they're so excited to see their joy. But we were, I I mean, I have to physically remove these new things from my kid's hands so that they can open more new things. (laughs) And and at some point, Malcolm said, I think he was turning two. He said, no, thank you. No, thank you. I mean, he didn't want, he was like, I I have all these presents. I want to go play. And we were like, no, you're not allowed to play. You're not allowed to enjoy any of these things. Go open more stuff. My mom is always like, you're such a Scrooge, because I'm always trying to ask for fewer, you know, don't buy presents, don't, you know, just get one thing. And this past year on their birthdays, like last week, I had said no presents, and Maggie can attest to the mountain of presents that they got. Just for just for the record, I did not bring a gift. I gifted an, you did experience. Get an experience. I feel like we train our kids to want more, 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 to be obsessed with presents, because my kids are not special and they wanted to enjoy their presence. They wanted to open something and go and play with it and not have to set it aside to open the next thing. I think we teach kids that like, there's more coming, there's more coming. Like, don't even worry about that gift. You'll get another one. Just, just keep opening Just see what's, yep. what's bigger and better, you know? Yep. And it's like, what's behind the next door? What's behind the next yes. door? And I'm like, yeah. I don't think any of us intends to like teach that. And yet we do. Yeah. And just to be clear, I'm not against giving gifts. I love giving gifts. And in the past two months, I've given each of you a gift. Mom, when Laura and I went away for our weekend away, I saw that copper fork, knife and spoon set, Mm -hmm. kind of like serving spoons, like cheeses and olives and stuff. And as soon as I saw it, I said, I have to buy these for mom. Like she will just love these. She will use them forever. And I bought them and I gave them to you in the moment, the next time that I saw you. And Laura, from that weekend, I had a photo of us framed and sent to you, which now hangs on your wall as like a beautiful reminder of our time together. You know, I think, you know, or even going back to the Le Creuset you gave me 10, 12 years ago that I've used every single day Mm -hmm. since you gave it to me. I'm all for giving gifts, but I'm all for giving gifts when it, when, when the gift is right and it makes sense. and It's no surprise, Maggie, on uh, December 28th, uh, I've gifted you a massage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Gifts aren't the problem, right? Like gifts are great. They're a great way to express love. They're a great way to receive love. They're a great way to feel thought of. And, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of great things about gifts. The, the problem arises from the pressure for every single person to buy every single other person an object. Yeah. Yes. And there's so much money wasted. Yes. So true. And the pressure, and, and let's talk about the financial pressure because that's actually what kind of got us off this, off the, uh, the hamster wheel of gift giving is that it's financially stressful. And this idea that people feel like they've got to spend hundreds. I know people who have spent just, you know, just an exorbitant amount of money they don't have on gifts that they don't have to spend because they feel like they want to give their kids this experience of, of gift giving. Um, but I, I just find in my, in my own experience of being a parent that 
even though kids say they want gifts, I think more than anything, they want our time and they want to be, to be the focus of your attention. And they want you to go do things with them they love, whether it's sitting on the floor playing Legos or whether it's go-karting, but to, to encourage them and to, to fan the flames of their passions and interests and the things that they love and doing that with them. You know, I, I think it's great to give kids, kids gifts, but I think gifts of time, not only for kids, but you know, for your, for your friends and for your family. Yes. Um, Yesterday afternoon, um, David and I made, no, actually it was Saturday afternoon. David and I made 12 jars of orange marmalade that we're going to be giving as gifts. And the beautiful thing was that we actually made the orange marmalade together. And, and so not only will it be a wonderful gift for other people, we're, we're going to add to that. Um, we've always had a tradition of giving food gifts. Maggie will attest to that. When David was a rector at a church, um, for years, we had about literally a hundred food gifts that we would make for people every year. Every, each year was a different theme. Um, we would, and we would do, and we, I would make all the food. And then on Friday afternoon, when the kids would get home from school, we would start the delivery chain and, um, a delivery train, I guess I should say. One of us, one girl would go with me, one girl would go with David, and we would deliver all those gifts of cheer for people. And it was just so fun for the recipients to see these two bright kids to get out, of, getting out of the car and handing them this little gift bag of food. And so it, and I think it taught you a lot, Maggie, about um, the joy of gift giving and, and, and particularly food gifts. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a world where everyone is so busy all the time, like the glorification of busy, you know, you, you can't even get on the phone with somebody anymore without making an appointment, practically. The gift of time feels so much more meaningful and so much more generous than the gift of stuff. Yeah. At least that that's the way it feels to me when someone says, I'm going to take time out of my day to make something for you or to go somewhere with you or do something with you. Just that currency of time feels actually more valuable in some ways than, than the, the currency of, of money. Honestly, if someone, I cook so much all the time. If someone would deliver me a casserole in the holiday season, that would be one of the biggest gifts somebody could give me. And I know that feels like a lot of people would say, oh, that's delivering coals to Newcastle. But the fact is, the cook needs a break. So mm -hmm. uh, just putting it out there, anybody who wants to del deliver me a casserole <laughs> for Christmas, I would be delighted. Yeah. Um. Actually, one more thought on the, the finances of Christmas. A story I heard a couple years ago that I feel like is so important is paying attention to the relative nature of Santa. So if your kids are getting iPhones from Santa and other kids are getting coloring books, they're going to talk yeah. about that at school. And you're ultimately going to hurt another child's Christmas experience by trying to give your kid the greatest gift ever from Santa because mm -hmm. Santa is supposed yeah. to be universal. 
and there are parents all over the world that cannot give their kids there are parents all over the world parents all over the world meaning with kids that your kids interact with your kids are going to go to school with kids whose parents can't afford to give them the greatest santa gift yeah. of all time and My they're going to compare to think the same thing and she told me uh when i was little that they had to pay santa claus for for the present. <laughs> <laughs> she did. That's really funny. Yeah. yeah. Just that little, you know, back alley transaction <laughs> to get those gifts down the chimney. <laughs> Laura, I know one thing that you've thought a lot about is um, wrapping paper because there is that mountain. I mean, even if you do give gifts, give gifts there's that mount a literal mountain of wrapping paper that, that that's paper those are trees which we're trying to plant more of but we're cutting them down to make wrapping paper so i know you've thought about ways of wrapping in a more sustainable in a more sustainable fashion first of all if you reduce the amount of gifts you reduce the amount of wrapping yeah but i understand that wrapped presents are like a beautiful part of christmas but i think there's a lot of other ways to do it besides just wrapping paper. I mean, the most e the easiest, easiest swap is just to use gift bags and reuse them. Yeah, that's what we do. Every yep. year. Yeah, yep. like if you switch to gift bags, that's really easy. If you're going online and ordering a bunch of crap from Amazon, go ahead, get it gift wrapped because actually Amazon puts it in these pretty nice um, like Was reusable cloth bags that kind of tie at the top. It looks like a little Santa bag. Mm-hmm. But then don't throw those away. Reuse them. I mean, they're just, they're usually like silver or green, like polka dots. They could be reused for anything. Yeah, that's um, right. I think a lot of the things we think of as disposable are not actually, like they can be reused. We're just so used to throwing everything away that we don't even, like we throw away gift bags and bows. What is wrong with that bow that it can't be used again next year? Most definitely. Yes. Um, while we're on the subject of Amazon, <laughs> I mean, that's such a knee jerk thing. Yes. I mean, we have, we, ha I mean, full disclosure, we have an Amazon account and we use it, but certainly this time of year, um, and throughout the year, we do try to find small businesses that could use our support and our dollars more than Amazon. And, um, this past weekend we went to this Chris Kindle market in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where mom and dad live and it was so it was so fun to to give our money um to these small business owners who are obviously after a hard year or two with covid and you know sales being down probably last year i know that the market that market in particular attendance was down last year um because of the pandemic so to see people um, shopping and giving them their support was felt really good. And I bought um, some bath bombs from a woman who makes them herself. I bought those for the kids. And um, Andy and I always every year buy salsa from from this from this guy who also makes it himself. And you know where where possible, shop local um, and support people in your community who are trying to to run successful and thriving businesses. Well, and um, that adds I, to the Christmas experience. Christmas shopping with your family or with your significant other, with your friends, whatever, that is part of the Christmas experience as opposed to, 
you know, sitting mm. in bed at 1130, just <laughs> adding to your Amazon cart because <laughs> there's shipping delays and it might not be here in time. It's like, yeah, swipe, that swipe. is miserable, stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Not. There's no joy. There's no, well, maybe for some people there's joy in that, but there's no, there's, for me, there's no joy in, you know, just scrolling through the internet looking for appropriate toys for a child between two and three years old. I just don't, I don't find it fun. Um, and of course we'll get, we'll get gifts for Nova this year, but um, man, I just don't, when I think about it critically, I just don't think there's much that my kids really need, you know, they have, they have enough toys. Um, they have enough things, they have enough stuff. And I certainly do want to give them the Christmas experience. We all do, but I'd like to start. And I think also, you know, it, you're teaching your kids young what to value. I mean, I don't want to put too much stress on Christmas and the gift giving experience and present opening experience, but, you know, I think we have an opportunity now to teach, to teach our kids, um, or I'll speak for myself. I have an opportunity now to teach my kids that, that presents aren't everything that the holidays are about togetherness and, and the, the joy of, of the season and, um, and not just about what's under the tree on December 25th or what's in the advent calendar each day. Um, you guys were talking about stress a minute ago. Um, cause that's what I, up until we stopped the gift giving piece, the, I mostly looked at the holidays as stressful and the shopping was the most stressful for me, just trying to figure out what I could give everybody that they would like and wouldn't be a waste of money. And second of all, speaking of gift wrapping, I have not great memories of me of Christmas Eve, just frantically trying to wrap all that stuff and get it under the tree Christmas morning. And I'm so happy to, that my Christmas Eves are now pleasant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, and, and what, what we, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think our, our internets are lagging a little bit. We have like a, an unpleasant family tradition of all of us standing in the kitchen while mom shouts at dad, this is Christmas morning because he hasn't finished wrapping his presents and he's wrapping them on Christmas morning. We're all old enough that we're not down by the tree. I mean, this was like a couple of years ago. We're like <laughs> full-grown adults with our own children. And my dad is still stressing out trying to wrap all of our presents Christmas morning because he didn't have time. It's just like... Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, my family, they're not good at reducing the amount of gifts. It's been a struggle. But my mom is all about, you know, the intentionality around Christmas and the reason for the season and doing Advent devotions and things they're very intentional, but even so, they're still sucked into this. We have to have the presents, and they all have to be wrapped in commercial wrapping paper, no less. It can't ever be, you know, like I wrap the br all my the gifts, brown paper bag. I wrap all my gifts in yeah in shopping bags, brown paper shopping bags, mm. because that's they're pretty, free. That's a that's a pretty look too. It I actually think. is really pretty. I mean, if you if you wrap all of your presents in that brown paper even though none of us actually get packages there's still something nostalgia about like brown paper wrapping. yeah if you put like uh -huh. a special like brown paper packages tied up with string exactly 
<laughs> and, and you know how I was saying like homemade <laughs> cards? You know, like my plan is to wrap wrap everything in brown paper bags mm-hmm. because I have them. Some days I forget my shopping bags, which happens. And have my kids decorate them mm. and draw on them and whatever. And they'll be ugly as crap, but that'll be awesome. And other ones will just be brown paper with beautiful ribbon that can mm-hmm. be reused. But like, mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot of beauty to a brown paper wrapped thing with like a red ribbon and a sprig of holly or a little totally pine agree. cone or a candy cane tucked in the ribbon. I mean, it can be gorgeous. It doesn't have to feel like, oh, here's our, our crap Christmas. I think we've all gotten sucked into sort of status Christmases. Like, oh, well, brown paper is... Yeah. That's what, you know, people did when they couldn't afford wrapping paper. And it's like, who, who cares? Or, or everything has to be new. You're not allowed to give anything. You're not allowed to re-gift. You're not allowed to give something used. You're not, I mean, Maggie and I could give our kids the entire Christmas just by swapping toys back and forth between our houses. <laughs> yes. Yes, we could. We could. You know, and, and actually could. Maggie's very good about, um, you know, using marketplace and thrift stores and things to, I think we did their whole Christmas from the thrift store, right? Facebook Last marketplace for Nova, yeah, for in Facebook marketplace, yeah. I mean, there's there's such a stigma against giving anything that isn't brand new in the box with the tags on. I swear that stuff looked brand new that Maggie got though that rocking horse and that because the kids have never the kids have hardly played with it. A woman I a woman I used to work with, um, she had a tradition with her boys that they would have to. Um, give away, see if I can get this right, something that they had outgrown, something that was broken, and something that didn't have all the pieces or parts. So they had to give away all those things before Christmas. And then for Christmas, they received three gifts. And I'm not sure if it was three gifts from Santa or three gifts from their parents, or I'm not really quite sure how it worked, but it was something you want, something you need, and something to read. Hmm. That was Hmm. the and I think that's a good that's a good kind of starting point for for what what I'm thinking about getting my kids this year. Um, I think maybe it's always helpful to have a, a guiding kind of mantra for you know as we approach the holidays. But I, the other thing I wanted to talk about, you know, since you spoke about mom the stress, mm-hmm. I mean. I think what's important is for for folks, you know, even myself included, is to imagine and to to really think critically like what is what would what would the holiday look like for me if I could the holiday season look like for me if I could have it however I wanted it to be. And um it's interesting because a woman who I know recently decided not to attend Thanksgiving festivities. Um, she found she was not really feeling 100% and she was feeling a little bit anxious about going and she just gave herself permission not to go. And instead she like went to the grocery store and bought herself all these elements to make the perfect meal that she felt like having that day, which ended up being sort of like Asian noodles and some homemade dumplings that she made. and. And she was like, it was, it was the greatest because she sort of gave herself permission to not do what is culturally expected or, 
um, socially expected of a person during the holidays. Like you're expected just to turn up to those family functions. And I'm not saying, you know, issue your family functions, but just this idea that you don't have to do mm-hmm. what is prescribed mm-hmm. culturally. Cause I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot in it that doesn't really serve us, but we do it because we think that maybe it serves someone else, but upon critical reflection, maybe does not. So what, what would the month of December look like for you if you had no responsibility or no, there was no expectation or there was no um, idea that you had to have your, your holidays look a certain way? What would you want it to be like? How would you spend your time? Well, you know, well, it's all changed for me uh, now that we live a relatively normal life. But for almost 30 years, David was uh, a minister. He was clergy. And of course, Christmas Eve, he had, what, four or five services on Christmas Eve. And for years, I tried to force our family to live the normal life where you had a big Christmas Eve dinner and you got up the next morning, you had a big brunch and a big dinner. And finally, it took a while to let this whole thing evolve, but we finally settled in on appetizers on Christmas Eve where David could flow in and out of the evening and yet so there wasn't this big thing where he had to sit down and of course he wasn't enjoying it and nobody else was either. And then of course the day was all Christmas day was always so 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 uh everybody was so tired because of all of the the Christmas Eve festi- activities with church and all that we decided one year to somebody gave us a gift card to Trader Joe's we bought Trader Joe's hors d'oeuvres and that was our uh, that was our Christmas day. And all of these, it, it seems like everything we tried, like no gift giving, uh, doing appetizers on Christmas day. Then we, then on, then boxing day would be our big Christmas day meal. So it's not like we didn't do anything. We just kind of did what worked for us. And I think everybody's got to evaluate that and say, what don't I like about what I'm doing right now? And what could I do to improve and make my life happier and therefore make me a happier person and be able to spread more joy. So it's funny. It almost doesn't yeah. feel like the holidays if you're not stressed. Like we always joke with this on Thanksgiving. My mom now will delegate the menu and say, okay, you're on these two dishes. You're on these two dishes. And then she comes up with five more dishes for herself to make because it's just not Thanksgiving unless she's cooking for two days and completely exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost think we don't, we don't even want a peaceful, calm Christmas morning because then it doesn't feel like what we think Christmas is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it takes, it takes years of small changes to be like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is still Christmas. This is how I want Christmas to be. Like my mother-in-law's in Florida now. And she was like, well, the kids can't ever come here for Christmas. It's not Christmas if it's not cold. And I was like, (laughs) I think we get to decide what Christmas, what the traditions are. You know, we get to choose what Christmas is and what it feels like. Yeah. Especially, yeah. you know, I mean, when you have kids, you're sort of reinventing the whole family dynamic and the traditions. 
Right. I, I do think we're so we're also wrapped up in the drama of it mm. that it's hard to feel like a holiday. It's hard to let go of all that. It's hard to let go of all that pain and suffering. It is. It yeah. is. It's so, it's so ingrained as part of the season. It yeah. has to sort of be miserable. Yep. Hustle yes. and bustle. But I mean, you know, we've we've been kind of making this shift to a different type of Christmas for a long time mm. now, for I would say decades. It's a, been a decades-long process. And now that we're on the other side of it, I mean, I, I'm serious when I say we've never had better holidays, yeah. um, better, whether that's Thanksgiving or whether for us it's Christmas, for other people it might be Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever your tradition is. You know, now that we're on the other side of of this, of the expectation side, and we just get to actually do it how we want to do it and how it feels good to us, it is, it is I mean, obviously it's not without some stress or without some family drama, but um then it truly would not be the holidays and we would not be a real family, (laughs) but man, it's so much more fun and it's so much more relaxing. And I don't come back from the holidays, just feeling like a basket case. And I really feel like we've had time to connect and to enjoy each other's company and enjoy the food that we want to enjoy. And um, I just feel like the more we let go of, whether it's, physical things or whether it's the expectations of what we're supposed to do or meant to do, or somebody wants us to do, the more we can let go of those Mm -hmm. things, the more, the more joyful we can, we can be throughout, throughout the next month. Um, To say nothing of, you know, how much better for the planet this is. I mean, of course, that's what it always comes back around to for me at this, at this stage, you know, where I am and where my mind and my heart are is, you know, you know, focusing less on the stuff, focusing more on the connection, the time shared. I mean, that's what it's really like. That's what that Norman Rockwell kind of idea of a Christmas really is about. Um, Or, you know, the, the nativity story, you know, it's about something way different than the commercialism that that Christmas and this holiday season has come to be. Yeah. It's not really about no, no fancy meals. Don't buy gifts. Don't use wrapping paper. Don't, it's not about any of that. It's about like, Hey, what if, what if we just created more time to be together? What if we found a meal that made us all happy? What if we spent the morning, you know, in togetherness instead of ripping through presents and throwing junk away? Hmm. It's just about, you know, it's not, or opening a, or opening a few gifts and really then taking, you know, instead of spending three hours around the tree opening presents, spend thirty minutes doing that, and the next two and a half hours sitting on the floor, assembling the train set or assembling the Lego or doing the thing with your kids, as opposed to, you know. Well, so anyway. it's sort of what you said. Oh, or what planetary life is all about all year round. What's good for you is good for the planet, usually. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's really true. There's just so much wrong with the traditional Christmas. It's, it's bad for you yeah. and bad for the planet, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or what we yes. what has become the tradition. Because my, my dad talks yeah. about Christmas being you know, a white paper bag with an orange and uh, some peppermints in it, you know. So uh-huh. that's, uh, we've come a long way from that for sure. 
we have, we have, that sounds really sweet. <laughs> the idea that a treat or a present is a paper bag with an orange and peppermint sticks. Mm. Next week, we're going to talk about Christmas food um, and Christmas meals and having a stress-free planetarian um, holiday season and getting prepped for those guests to come and making sure that we're ready to do it with ease. So we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye.